Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. All right. I have opened the lines 891 as I said. Uh, WhatsApp notes as well. 0614-104-107. And uh, what we're going to do now, it's a, a question and answer session. And uh, who do we have today? We have got the South African National Defence Force. Spiwit Lamini has really generously allowed us time to ask and pose whatever questions that we have at this point. Many of you I know have concerns. There are all sorts of videos going around and you want to ask questions and maybe you have your own personal experiences. This is now the time to do that. He is the Head of Communications and spokesperson at the SANDF and he joins us now on the line. A very good afternoon and thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you very much for the introduction too, Pamela. Um, um, good afternoon to your listeners. So let, let's start here because I think sometimes we also forget that the the South African Defence Force is made of humans, men and women who are like us with normal blood running through their veins. How are they doing? Under the circumstances, I think uh, we are improving by the day. Um, we're getting used to the work by the day, and we are handling every situation as it comes in the manner at which we are expected to do so. So I think overall, our men and women on the ground are working very hard to assist uh, our citizens to curb the spread of the virus. And um, Yesterday, we had a very interesting uh, interaction with the people of Alex, for mm. instance. Mm. And uh, I, th- I think uh, we're getting used to each other with the mm. uh, citizens. Mm. In fact, I, I, I did, uh, I, I just got a peek of that. And it, it was quite interesting, actually, um, that interaction between yourselves and uh, the, the residents of Alex. And as we know, there is a situation there. And I know the minister spoke about it yesterday. It's still under investigation. So we'll park it there. Yeah. But, but you know, what, what's interesting and in your engagement with the residents of Alex for me was initially when, when this work started for yourselves, when you were deployed, um, there was about, and this is a, a very small study, but there was about 70% of approval rate. In other words, the South African public really trusted that you are going to be of help at this point. Are you concerned uh, about that approval rate? But I'm also asking you in light of your conversation with Alex yesterday, because somehow I think that engagement has improved your relationship with Alex, correct? Correct. Um, you, see, you see, and let me put it this way. Um, the the approval rate of the of the South African National Defence Force it was was something of, of to be welcomed mm. by ourselves, and we needed to improve on that. Mm. And uh, the the interaction we had yesterday with the people of Alex, and we're still going to have more of those uh, with with other communities, mm. it was to actually emphasise that we're not there for any other reason, but to assist and be part of the. Um, uh, work towards um, uh, stopping the virus from spreading and, and interact and share, share with them the information that we have as to why they should be in, in their homes, why they should be um, staying in, indoors. And, and they, they probably were asking us the same questions, but uh, what about this, that and the other? And uh, we, we, we interacted with them in that fashion. And, and I think that interaction equally changed the mindset and, and the, the reasoning behind it uh, uh, because we were reasoning with those, with those communities. Mm. And, and, and I think that has improved. 
we um, do. Yeah, yes. I'm concerned that that work has essentially for, fallen on your lap. And, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. Um, I know that we keep adjusting because we have to adjust to the situation as it pans out, right? But my concern was I just wish that that responsibility would also fall in other people's hands so that you don't have to then start explaining yourselves to the community to say we're actually here to do this. That level of of understanding, of education, because unfortunately it's still said that a lot of people don't quite understand fully some of the conditions, you know, some of the, the the implications of this virus. And there is a lot that needs to be done on the ground. So local councillors, I think, needed to be involved and, and prim, you know, but on the ground, I'm concerned that you are now are having to explain what I think should have been done before you came in. That's a very difficult question, Pamela. But what I can safely say is that this is a government effort. Um, Each one of us is doing his or her piece. Mm. And the Defence Force in this regard has seen an opportunity to engage the communities, with which we work with, by the way, because Mm. we're not on our own in in, in any of these communities. We are working with people. And it 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 was with hindsight that we we developed a strategy that we need to actually kind of sit around the the table under a tree, uh, that's just a pun, Mm. and and discuss with with our communities as to why it is important for them to to follow the regulations. Uh, And and for two reasons. One is to protect themselves from themselves. And, and, And the second reason is to protect uh, them from 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 getting infected and them from infecting their families, because you can imagine if I move out of my yard and go and interact with um, a friend of or two friends of mine uh, in the next street, I don't know whether those those friends of mine have contacted the virus or not. Mm. Lord behold, say one of them has got it. It mm. means I'm going back home. Mm with that virus mm. and start infecting my own family mm. by having left my mm. yard to go and interact with Usbusi so, mm. uh, uh, on the next street. Mm. And these are the small things we're saying to them. If you do go out, these are the likelihood. This is what might happen to you, but not only that, because you're going back home in the evening. Your mother, your father, your grandmother, your, your aunts and uncles are all there. You will, infect, you will infect them. So rather stay home. So that's the conversation that we've been having with our people in Alex and, and, and in other places. And, and the difficulty, I think, here, unlike many other illnesses, is is this explaining that I may be sick and you may not know it and I may not know it. You know it, what I mean? I may be carrying so, this virus and I don't have to look like I'm carrying the virus, but I may be carrying it and, and infecting you. Correct. And, and that's the reason why we should... Uh, 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 so, social distance mm. precisely because I will walk towards you, mm. shake your hand, chat with you, mm. and 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 I'm carrying the virus. Mm. Ten days later, after we've met, you probably your immune system is weaker than mine. Mm. You are showing the, vi- the, mm. the, 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 the virus, mm. but having interacted with me, and thus we are emphasizing that it is not to say we don't want you guys to meet your friends and buddies and. And, and, you know, mm. we are saying be careful if you do so, because this, this, these are the consequences of that meeting that you would have had with your, with, with your friends outside in the streets. But what is even more important is that 
you will come home in the evening carrying the virus without knowing. Mm. And if it's a family of 10, you have already infected a family of a, a, a number of 10, 10 family members of your own. And that's what we're saying. We're protecting yourselves from yourself. Can I just uh, ask that we pause for a second and take a quick break? And I see lots of calls coming through. Uh, I'm going to take them in a short while. But I'm in conversation with Spiwa Lamina, who is head of communications and spokesperson of SANDF. And I did say I will open the lines 0891-104-207. WhatsApp notes also welcome 0614-104-107. Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. I'm in conversation with Spiwa Lameni, Head of Communications and Spokesperson of the SANDF. It is a Q&A session. You are welcome to be a part of it. 0891-104-207. Whatever it is that you need to know, your concerns, whatever it is that you want to know about the role of the SANDF at this time. Uh, we are obviously living very difficult, difficult times and, and times are, are different to what we already know. So whatever it is, is there's no question that's stupid. Call in, ask the question and we can try and see if we can't facilitate that for you. So um, let, let me just ask you personally, just because there are questions coming through that are not necessarily calls, if you can just define the distinction between the role at this moment of the SNDF as opposed to the role of the South African police. Good. I think if one goes to the government gazette, where the president, um, when the president announced that he will be deploying the South African National Defense Force, it was very clear on on what we are supposed to do. And as the government states that we are there in support of the South African uh, Police Service, which is something that we've done in many in many times, uh, even in the Western Cape, as uh, recently as uh, the fight against uh, gang violence. So ours is to support the South African Police Service in the conduct of uh, enforcing the regulations of people to um, heed the call to stay indoors and um, during the lockdown, and furthermore, to make sure that... Uh, uh, wherever they are, people are not in, in are not congregating in uh, in big numbers. So basically, our role is a supportive role okay. to the South African Police Service. Okay, let's take those calls. Ben, you calling us from Durban? Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Ben. Okay, Ben's line seems to be giving us a bit of a problem. We, we've seen in the past, and, and you've come in here, where you arrested, you members arrested the police. And, and one wonders, in a situation that we already know, now this is before COVID-19 times, yes. that, that there has always been some tensions between police and other communities, uh, lack of trust and so on. In a situation like that, I know we don't necessarily directly talk to the SADF and, and, and make a call, but how would we as citizens then engage that and say, look, you know, in my neighborhood, the police are, you know, they're part of selling the booze and all of that stuff. And we know that this is wrong. How, how do we then become that, um, that messenger to yourselves to come and assist and support, as you said? 
Look, let me let me indicate to you that um, the policing responsibility is is uh, is a responsibility that belongs to the South African Police Service. Mm. And if there are incidences that uh, you may find that uh, our counterparts are involved in, there are structures within their environment where these can be reported, mm. and 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 people will be urged. To, to report those um, um, incidences to those structures. But we, as the South African National Defence Force, are deployed under certain conditions. Mm-hmm. And those conditions are, there, are that in any situation where we are deployed with the police, the police will take the lead okay. and we will be guided by their planning mm-hmm. as to what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Your... Your experience in the past uh, couple of weeks and days, as you said, you know, we, you've already had to engage with the people in Alex and so on. Um, from your experience on the ground, what do, what do you wish we knew? Pamela, what, what, come again. What, what do you wish, you know, what is it that you'd like to express for to us as, as community members, as South African citizens about your role out there? Look, I, I think I think there's there's a challenge in South Africa generally that um, um, you know our people need to be aware that rights come with responsibility. Mm. For instance, the 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 issue of a lockdown and its enforcement shouldn't necessarily be seeing us and the police in the streets only to, to make sure that people abide by. But people should have the understanding that once a, a, um, an issue of, of this nature has been, has been uh, spoken to by the president, our responsibility then, therefore, is to respond to what the president of the country has said. There shall be a lockdown for 21 days. You are not expected to do A, B, C, D. That is the responsibility of each and every one of us in South Africa to say, in order for us to assist the, the government to curb this, vir- this virus or any other disaster, let's stay indoors. In as much as we have our right of movement. And, and that's where the challenge I find in many instances around South Africa that we speak more of rights, and correctly so, by the way. But we, we are not emphasizing equally in the same vein the responsibilities or the obligation of the individual. So, and, and that's, where, that's where I think uh, the gap needs to be, to be, um, uh, to be filled, mm-hmm. to say, much as we are teaching individual rights, we must also teach obligations mm-hmm. and responsibilities of those individuals. So in this case, um, as the Defense Force, that is something we were attempting to do uh, uh, in our engagement with the Alex community to say, this is not something that we would want you to, to, to be under, under normal circumstances. But because we have a pandemic which will affect you, be responsible enough to say, I take heed of what government is saying. And I would like to applaud the, the many South Africans who have actually taken heed and responded very positively 
under very difficult circumstances, by the way, to the call by government to stay indoors and stay in their own places and, 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 and do what, what the health department has instructed all of us to do mm-hmm. under very, very difficult circumstances. We need to applaud those South Africans. Let me go quickly to Ben. I think you're on a better line. Ben, you're calling from yeah, Durban. Good yes, afternoon. Uh, good afternoon, Martin. Um, I just want to, uh, there is a, they are mandated the, the rules that a parent, let's say a divorced parent, can go and pick up the children. Let's say there are three children, whatever, four children. But we are only allowed to pick up one child at a time. These people, we, these people are in the same house. It's like moving one house to, to the other house. Why is it not allowed to pick up all four children or three children at the same time? Because we are stopping from picking up different people in the car if they are, you know, they were different people from different places. But these people are in the same place. Why are they trying to avoid the spreading of the virus? In this case, these people stay in the same house. Ben, I'm going to just uh, ask uh, uh, that we answer that question just after the headlines. But thank you very much for calling Ben there in Durban. And uh, let me just go quickly to Uzi Lesaku for the latest in headlines and we'll continue with this Q&A. Here, there and everywhere. SAFM 104.6 FM in Twane. Stuart Lamini is my guest. He's head of communications and spokesperson of the South African Defence uh, National Defence Force. And uh, he's here to take your questions on 891 or on WhatsApp 0614-104-107. And before we went to the headlines, Ben had called from Durban. I don't know if you heard the question, but he was essentially saying, if these people have been living together, why the need to separate them in the car? I don't know if, if this is a question that um, you're supposed to be answering. Yeah. I think you can go ahead. Yeah, I, I think I picked up Ben's question. I, I, if, if I'm correct, he was speaking about picking up of children yes. who are living with parents who have separated. No, uh, he he's saying in the event that people have been uh, residing together, for instance, you've got oh, four children instead of one child. Yes. But as we know, the regulation now says you cannot be transporting more than three individuals or two individuals in a, in a sedan vehicle. He's yes. arguing if we're trying to stop the spread, but these people have been living in the same house anyway, why not? St- why stop them from moving in the same vehicle because they've been residing together? That's a very tricky one, and I understand where it comes from. I mean, uh, if we're going with, the, with my family to, to a particular place and we have the authority to do that, it's very difficult for me to respond to that question. But the bottom line here is that at all costs, we're trying to make sure that there is social distancing. But as you can hear, I'm laughing because I'm wondering at home how to social distance. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's, that's what he's saying, to say, you know, since they've been living together, surely they can yeah, travel so. together. I mean, some of these, as I said, we, all of us, every single nation is, is getting by with as little as they know about the virus. We're trying to do the best we can, and it, we don't necessarily have to have it, all the answers now. Indeed, Pamela, because as, as, it, as you know, the, the, the last major, major pandemic uh, happened, I think, 100 years ago. Yeah, uh, yeah and, the Spanish and, flu. And, yeah, and, and then we've, we've somehow uh, become, um, you know, so accustomed to doing what we do, mm-hmm. and, and suddenly, boom, 
here's uh, COVID-19 and we're saying, my word, what do we do now? Mm. So, so we are learning as we, as we deal with this uh, pandemic and we're learning at a, we have to learn at a very fast pace because this, this, this uh, virus is spreading like uh, a wildfire in other, in, in other places. So we need to contain it in South Africa before we get that, to that level as was indicated by the scientists uh, the other day on Tuesday. The, the appreciation, I think, uh, from where we're sitting is just how quickly government has been able to adjust even regulations and revisiting and readjusting because, as you said, everybody's learning. Nobody nobody has a clear answer. We, nobody has dealt with COVID-19 before. So um, these regulations obviously will keep, uh, you know, will, will be adjusted as, as we go along. And we should, I suppose, again, expect more adjustments because we don't know what the future holds true true the adjustments like uh, minister uh, responsible for national disaster minister lamini zuma indicated in the in the press briefing yesterday that uh, there will be adjustments in the next coming weeks albeit um, nothing is going to be happening at a go we will phase in these adjustments so that um, we, we 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 have a soft landing uh, should the need arise, um, and and that's that's how we are learning. I mean, we we we're just learning. Our debates in government is about: do we do this? Don't we do this? If we don't do this, what happens to that? So it's a really learning curve, and I think after this, we'll have a much better experience. Again, I don't know if this is a question that you you would answer because I know this is not necessarily in your jurisdiction. But for people who I know have been arrested for argument's sake, for forgetting. Uh, literally a permit behind. So someone's rushing to work. They do have a permit, but maybe has left it at home and so on and, and can later prove that. W- what happens to those cases? Do they, what happens to those cases? I think it's a question of trust in this, in this, in this instance more than anything. Yes. Uh, because you can genuinely, uh, forget, uh, your, your document at home. And it's, 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 Purely a question of trust. Whether when I meet this roadblock, I'll be able to 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 really prove by my way of explaining that it is indeed uh, I'm permitted to go from one place to the other. Unlike the gentleman who was speaking to the mayor of Johannesburg and said he's going to the mayor, and the mayor is there speaking to him. <laughs> so, so maybe what I'm asking, maybe, and I, and I know, as I said, maybe it's it's more a technical question for somebody else. But you know, yes, I know sometimes it does happen. The person gets arrested, but you can later then prove that you had actually left it behind. Does that mean that you you would no longer have to go through the legal process of of? of I, I I I don't think those those. those those conditions are so are so harsh that okay. uh, you will have to go through a legal process. Okay. Once there is proof yes. that you actually did forget the permit yes. and you are permitted to move from point A to point B, yes. and uh, the proof is brought forward, I don't think uh, okay. the, there would be a criminal record. Now, yeah, no, I don't think so. I okay. don't think so. But what we are saying here is that people must move for a reason mm. and a reasonable reason. I'm going to the shops to buy whatever, I'm going to the chemist, I'm going to work because I'm an essential worker, mm. but I forgot my permit. Yes. And then and, and, and if, if those things can be proved, I don't think uh, those, those, those right. conditions are that harsh that All you right. need to go through a legal process yes. and, 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 and. All right. Let's take a quick call from Peter in Makanda. Peter, good afternoon. 
Uh, look, Master uh, Shabbat, I'm, I'm Peter Wiley. I, I believe in accountability. I'm, you know, I give my full name. Um, I was in the army, and I'll just tell you of one, one little incident before I make my point. We were asked to guard the township, and on the one evening, um, the people were breaking the curfew. And uh, Sorry, Peter, said, how long ago was this? Oh, this was quite some time ago. It's during the apartheid era. Mm, very and different what, times. What I'm, what I'm going to say is that they said to us, we were sitting in our military vehicle, which was totally unsuitable for that sort of thing. And they said, we're not scared of you because we know that you like us. And they knew that we were going to take no action at all. There, there was a totally different atmosphere in those days. We were, we were totally disciplined. Now, what should happen in this country at the moment? You at SAFM could be doing us a great service if you look back at what the SADF not the SANDF, the SADF stood for at that time. We had terrific discipline, and we were a force to be reckoned with. You should be having another program to look at how this SANDF has destroyed the SADF and how it's degenerated. And okay, Peter, fact, let me quickly answer you before, because I'm, I'm just worried about time, Peter. I, I no, well, look, just one thing. The, yep. the, the, the way this one person reacted and caused total... Um, uh, disenchantment with the, with the with the whole country with the SADF. Um, Who's SADF, the one person you're talking about? Really, he should really be taken to task. Who's the one person you're talking about? The, this person who killed the person in the in the yard because he was drinking beer. Yes, and, but the case uh, is know, ongoing, as you know. Discipline and uh, he disobeyed the instruction of the president. He said, "There's no skopskit and Donald." Those were his words. Okay. And it was a Peter, let me answer. Incident. Let me answer you quickly because I've got to go, uh, and I don't want to let you go without answering you. I, no, I will not actually have a conversation around the army that only defended some people and didn't defend all of us. I think we are. You are absolutely right. We live under a very different constitution now, and I do not think at this point we seek any advice from an army that only looked after the interests of others. And that's my stance, and I, I'm sorry, I'm not going to have that conversation. Well, in fact, you're wrong, because we, the way we, uh, we behaved in those days, they said to us, we are not scared of you because you like us. But the question is, who's we? Who's oh, I'm talking about the people. We were trying to enforce a curfew. Yes, of they, course you were trying to enforce a curfew us. that only favoured a specific people. Yes, Let if you were going ahead. I think, I think uh, Peter is lost in the midst of everything. He's, he's, he's comparing chalk and cheese here. Yeah. Yeah. So we, you, you can't debate with somebody who's comparing pre-1994 and post-1994. The systems and laws and behaviours have changed. So you cannot compare that. We're living, we are a de- defense force that is in a demo- that operates in a democratic state, first and foremost. I and would we, suggest we are, that you do to discipline in those days. No, Peter, look here, you were, you were a defense force of a particular society, so you cannot come and lecture us about that at this moment. We are a democratic defense force of a democratic South Africa under a constitutional democracy. You are not. Which can't even defend our border, according to the uh, radio Peter, program. This Peter, they can't, Peter, def- they can't defend the fence the which is being stolen Leave the in the past and le- let us continue, those of us who want to continue in a democratic, where everybody has rights, you live in the past. Not at all. No, I, I'm, I'm contributing towards a society. You are not contributing, Peter, at all.
instead of po- in, 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 in stating matters within a democratic system, you are taking us back to an apartheid system, which was, by the way, a crime against humanity, as declared by the United Nations. So Let me, let's just take a quick break because um, I do think that we need to continue this and a lot of people want to react to this. Uh, 0891-104-207. You're listening to Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. Thank you so much for staying with us. Uh, I'm sure you heard the uh, little interaction we had with uh, Peter who called in uh, earlier on and uh, speaking about the old uh, South African Defence Force and how disciplined in his terms they were and how the current South African National Defence Force can learn from them. Interesting for me, two things, nostalgia and secondly, how history is always so different depends on who is telling it. Let's talk to Hugh, who's calling us from Durban. Hugh, good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon to you and to your guest. Um, I actually wanted to talk about discipline and letting the army loose among civilians. Um, I, their training is not really to, to discipline civilians in a, in a role that they've been called on to do. And I was just wondering, what kind of special and quick training did they have um, where they now have to deal with sometimes unruly people, provocation, where you're not supposed to use blunt force. Um, and, and we all know the tragic things that happened. And we did see videos of people being shambuck, made to do press-ups or hop and that sort of thing. And this happens when you allow a fighting force to police civilians. Um, it's not really their role. I, I doubt that there was much time to train them. But tragically, you know, a person has lost their lives and others have been um, well-treated, and, and there's always that risk when you let a fighting force try and police civilians. Mr. Thank you. Mr. Lamini, your response? I think, I, think uh, I would agree with the Hugh. Um, we, we may have had a short time of, uh, um, you know, to, to, to actually drill into the, the do's and don'ts and the pros and cons of, of, of how to conduct ourselves. But with 6,000 people uh, uh, on the ground, um, I think we've uh, we've done very, very well. We have 6,000 troops on 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 the ground working with the with the South African Police Service. And if we were, we were really, really that ill-disciplined, I'm sure would have had major challenges uh, uh, in view of the numbers that we have on the ground. And we've worked with the with the uh, police uh, before, and and we've conducted ourselves in the manner that uh, uh, is deemed to be the correct. Let me just ch- uh, say to you that one of the key elements of our training is is the code of conduct, and and it stipulates um, quite a number of things that we we are expected to do, uh, that we pledge to 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 serve and defend the con- the country and its people. You know. Uh, with honor, dignity, and courage. Those are the things that we read. We read to ourselves every morning, and 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 you know. So people get told that uh, they must treat people fairly, respect their rights, dignity at all times, regardless of race, ethnicity, gender, culture, language, or sexual orientation. Those are the things that we decide to ourselves, which, which then means as we go out there. We need to practice what our code of conduct, and it, it, stays, it stays in our pockets. Of course, it is unfortunate that at one way or the other, you'll get one or two pockets of, 
of members uh, getting a little bit uh, overly excited, if I may put it that way. But uh, we, we, we do, uh, you know, through the code of conduct, drill into the, into the minds of our members that the conduct in which they must uh, carry themselves is contained in the code of conduct. Right, we're going to have to leave it there. It's Pua Lamini, Head of Communications and Spokesperson at the South African National Defence Force.